a decorated Air Force and intelligence officer, glowing referrals by his superiors in military and the CIA. He claims that the U.S. government has in its possession crashed UAPs along with what he calls non-human biologics. The implication being the bodies of extraterrestrials. And that would seem significant, wouldn't it? Welcome to another episode of God and the Paranormal, a podcast exploring high strangeness from a biblical worldview. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm Suzanne. And I'm John. Obviously, what we're going to talk about today is a huge, complex subject. And Mm -hmm. without question, UFOs, UAPs, extraterrestrials, it's the 21st century mythology. Would you agree? Yeah. And on some levels, possibly a bit more urgent than some paranormal discussions we have. And for clarity, in our discussion today, the elephant in the room notion for most people is that when you're talking about UFOs, you're talking about aliens, extraterrestrials. Yeah. And there are other explanations floating around. We'll mention those probably later. But that's the general belief. The extraterrestrial hypothesis or the ETH, they call it. Lights in the sky, unearthly entities, government conspiracies, abduction stories. It's all about the aliens from other planets. But to simplify in our discussions today, when we use the term UFO, unless otherwise noted, we're referring to the alleged visitations by these extraterrestrial beings. And to be clear, we don't necessarily believe or endorse this view. We're just going to discuss it. Yeah, and we will examine this in depth later. Complex phenomena likely have complex interpretations. But the general tone surrounding the phenomena has certainly changed, hasn't it? Yeah, and it's still changing, which is Mm -hmm. why we'll likely devote many future episodes to this topic. And the changes seem to be systematic, don't they? The extraterrestrial hypothesis believers used to be the foil head group out on the fringe, but it's the mainstream view now. These are the numbers from a 2019 Gallup poll of the U.S. adults. 86% of Americans over 18 say they are very familiar with the topic. 68% believe the government is hiding UFO information. That's pretty high. 33% believe some UFOs are extraterrestrial visitations. That's 77 million. Um, 16% have personally witnessed a UFO or extraterrestrial. And that's 37 million people. That's a whole lot. Yeah. And add to that, about 3 million adults in North America actually believe that they've been abducted or directly manipulated by extraterrestrials. I think that's one reason Christians should devote more of their already heavily invested attention to the phenomena. Whatever the reality, worldviews of our culture and our children are actually being changed significantly. And I think these ideas are becoming embedded in our culture. I believe what you said is very important. To a large extent, it doesn't matter whether the source is paranormal, extraterrestrial, or a hoax. I mean, it matters, but it matters that our worldviews and our culture are being changed. Yeah, and and truth is always relevant and important. I'm not saying it isn't, but at the present, lacking any confirmations or disclosures, perceptions are running the worldview show. 
And we know that Satan can use perceptions as easily as truth sometimes. Yep. Disinformation and subterfuge can and do alter worldviews. Exactly. So I think the changes are occurring at three different levels today. The U.S. government has been slower than other world governments, obviously, in considering UFOs, mm -hmm. uh, even though a few leaders in the past have called for inquiries. But the number who at least claim a threat might exist right now is actually growing. Yeah, and the military seems to be taking a more open approach to it, too. Yeah, at least on lower levels. There seems to be more willingness to discuss experiences, and, and that's a touchy subject, isn't it? The yeah. military works because of the chain of command and willingness to follow orders. And I think at some levels, secrecy is warranted. Uh, and it's in our best interest for enemies not to know some things, which means we don't get to know things either. Right. And in the past, the military has initiated some publicized research on UFOs. The Condon Report, Project Blue Book. Are these reports genuine or do you think they're intended to appease the masses? And dare we bring up the C word, conspiracy? Oh, okay. Now, <laughs> that's a loaded word. Yeah. Some people tend to tune out when the idea of a conspiracy comes up. But you get the opposite reaction as well. It seems we have a deep-seated attraction to conspiracy theories, even in Eden. And that was certainly conspiratorial, wasn't it? Satan yeah. wasted no time at all in convincing Adam and Eve that God was concealing information that they needed to know. And that's the heart of a conspiracy, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Someone has secret information that you don't. Is it yeah. just the fact that we like mystery and intrigue? Do you think that's why we gravitate towards these things? It could be. I mean, the JFK assassination wouldn't be as interesting if it involved just one deranged person. But if you build a complicated mystery around it, it gets to be kind of intriguing. And that's not to say that conspiracies don't exist. No, definitely. It's like they say, it's only paranoia if there really isn't someone out to get you. If the <laughs> danger is real, then paranoia becomes just common sense. Okay. Um, so if there is a conspiracy, it's not really a theory, is it? And you might be justified in revealing it, too. The interesting thing is, we know there is a true conspiracy, at least at the highest level. Uh, scripture warns us that Satan is like a roaring lion looking to devour us. He has an agenda, and he's out to get us. He manipulates nations to oppose God and his children. He influences world leaders. And the problem is we don't know just how low the conspiracy trickles down. Yeah. There may be groups or individuals who are working according to the satanic conspiracy without knowing the source of their motivation. Yeah, exactly. And I think many alleged UFO conspiracies may be simply a small part of the devil's master conspiracy somehow. Mm -hmm. Anyway, it's possible that some of the UFO information we're getting from whatever source might be just red herrings to throw us off the real deal. We'll leave it at that for now, though. Okay, but it sounds like you might have your own little conspiracy theories here. I can neither confirm nor <laughs> deny. Seriously, though, we know the government and the military have long track records of covering up things. And that will always be a consideration, won't it? Are these new documents, videos, whistleblowers, or declassified files true, or are they just decoys? Another thing to clarify, when we use the terms government and military, who are we referring to? 
it's often alleged that the part of the government involved with UFOs is more like a shadow government that's within the federal government. And these individuals or groups don't necessarily share information with what we see as the visible government out there. Also, the U.S. military today is more of a military industrial complex. It's the military leadership combined with the private contractors they use in their operations. Mm -hmm. And that's a unique partnership, isn't it? Companies Mm -hmm. like McDonnell Douglas and Lockheed Martin are contracted to handle most of the engineering and mechanical systems for the U.S. military. These businesses design and build aircraft, weapons, radar, you name it. They aren't directly accountable to the president or Congress. And since they're private companies, they aren't under the freedom of information policies. Right. They answer only to specific military leaders. I can't go to the Mm -hmm. private company and demand information under the FOIA laws. Contractors with the military can essentially do what they want. It's all on kind of a need-to-know basis. Yeah, and that's a good setup for doing whatever certain military or shadow government entities dictate. Do you think that's where the reverse engineering conspiracies are coming from? That is a prominent theory. Allegedly, the military has recovered a number of crashed extraterrestrial spacecraft. That's what we found out this summer and has Mm -hmm. employed defense contractors to handle the evidence and copy the advanced alien technology. And that's what reverse engineering is, taking apart the alien tech and learning how it works, then building some kind of craft based on that alien technology. And theoretically, if this is true... And that's a big if, remember. Yeah, some of the UFOs reported may be U.S. craft using this extraterrestrial technology. Right. But in addition to the government and military, I think the public at large has crossed the line of UFO believers. Most Americans and the rest of the world, as we heard in the polls you just cited, are now open to the idea of extraterrestrials and UFOs, pretty much. You're not Mm. automatically labeled crazy, you know, if you claim a UFO experience. So whether this is the result of social media, the Internet, Hollywood, it doesn't really matter. Extraterrestrial belief is just kind of mainstream now. I can't even count how many movies about aliens are out there. But that's kind of our concern, isn't it? As you mentioned, this has significant worldview implications, especially for the biblical worldview. I think it does. And as we've said before, worldviews can have eternal consequences. No problem when UFOs were just interesting dinner conversation, but (laughs) widespread, serious thinking about extraterrestrials kind of changes the way society thinks and lives and makes decisions. Yeah, and we'll look at those implications more deeply in future episodes. Today, we'll be focusing on the current situation and trying to get a good grasp of just what this complicated topic entails. Yes, and I urge listeners to be patient. Today, our goal is simply to pull in a lot of data to get a big picture of the claims and the terminology that may seem a little bit dry and didactic at times. There are huge implications for the biblical worldview, but we'll cover those in upcoming episodes. Okay, so to start off, in case some listeners haven't had a chance to absorb all that's transpired over the past few months, here's a brief summary. As we said, there's been growing concern in the military, and mostly from the bottom up, which is not typical for the military. But the unidentified aerial phenomena, or the UAP, that many have been witnessing for about the last 20 years, what's a good way to say this? They aren't being as strongly denied by military leadership. And the upper echelons are allowing access to more and more information. Even that term you used, 
UAP, unidentified yeah. aerial phenomena or anomalous phenomena. They're not really sure about it. The military <laughs> started using it as a less loaded term for UFO. I yeah. think it's given some freedom to acknowledge what we've been calling UFOs without bringing up uh, extreme ideas. Right. And UAP supposedly doesn't carry the baggage of extraterrestrials or even objects. They're simply just unexplained phenomena. And consequently, this more relaxed atmosphere has allowed more discussion about the threats that may be posed by some of these phenomena. Now, to be clear, this is no way full disclosure. Listeners may have heard that word. That's the term UFO believers use to describe that earth-shaking event someday <laughs> when the military or the government officially come clean and admit, yeah, we know about extraterrestrials, and yes, we've been communicating with them, something like that. Or the ETs land on the White House lawn and say, we're here. Yeah. But a lot of people see us creeping toward disclosure more as an incremental type thing. Uh, many UFO believers claim the government may already be easing the public toward disclosure. Hmm. The current declassifications and information leaks may be simply baby steps in letting us know what they supposedly have known for 70 years. So the government fears public reaction should we find that we're not alone in the universe? Do you think it would cause worldwide unrest or even upset if, and that's another big if, if we found this out to be true? Well, let's emphasize this one more time. In future discussions, we'll look at what I believe are alternative views of UFOs and ETs. And let's say it this way. If the government or military or some world organization like the UN or something claimed that contact had been made with ETs, whether it actually had or not, that would be monumental in terms of worldview. Yeah. It could affect culture, politics, religions, daily life in the world just would be different for a lot of people. I also feel like it would kind of unite us in a different way. You it know, could, humanity like has something to to bind together with. That is like a movie. Independence Day, the movie. Right. I feel like that's what we're talking about. But anyway, yeah. um, even Pope Benedict is being preemptive with this. Yep. Interestingly enough, he's prepping Roman Catholics to be thinking about evangelization strategies for ETs. So a lot may be at stake here. Yeah. How do ETs square with the Bible? But back to our original thoughts, the military does seem to be easing up on its secrecy and even its long-held denial of UAPs. Uh, Congress and the public at large are forcing them to do so. And I think in one sense, that's good. I mean, we have hundreds of military reports of unexplained phenomena in the U.S. airspace that seem to outmaneuver our cutting-edge technology. That's something that needs to be discussed, and not just secretly by a few. Some of these things are far beyond our best technology. The yeah. Nimitz encounters that most people have probably heard about with those tic-tac-shaped objects, they seem to just actually defy basic physical laws. Uh, they appear and disappear they defy what we know as inertia, turning sharply at high speeds, accelerating beyond physical laws. They travel equally well in air or water. Wow. Um, pilots and other military personnel can't even figure out a way to engage these alleged craft. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So whether it's otherworldly, some kind of illusion or technology from another country, it needs to be addressed, I think, from as many angles as possible. 
And that's what appears to be happening. Military and government task forces are being expanded. Congress is giving more legal protection for so-called whistleblowers who release classified information. But as you said, that's kind of touchy. Do we want whistleblowers arbitrarily leaking classified material? Which is basically what David Grush did this summer. Mm -hmm. Uh, A decorated Air Force and intelligence officer, glowing referrals by his superiors in military and the CIA. He claims that the U.S. government has in its possession crashed UAPs along with what he calls non-human biologics. The implication being that that means the bodies of extraterrestrials. And that would seem significant, wouldn't it? As we said, the issue is obviously very complex, and it'll take ongoing episodes to explore this. Yeah, we'll likely keep revisiting this subject, and it's a developing story right now. Things are still changing rapidly. Okay, so let's approach this systematically then. When we talk about UFOs, UAPs, ETs, what are people seeing or experiencing? Not the ultimate reality, but what are the observation data? Well, a lot of things. We usually think the familiar flying saucer when we think about UFOs, but that's not the most common. There are actually two basic phenomena that people seem to be seeing. We'll just call them phenomena for now, and here's why. When we say UFO, unidentified flying object, some aren't actually seeing objects. They're more like amorphous lights with varying degrees of definition, and those make up one type of observation. I've heard those called orbs. Sometimes people seem to be describing an apparition rather than a craft of some sort. And for all practical purposes, this may as well be grouped with the ghost phenomena. Yeah, I think so. And it may not be accurate to say they're flying. Sometimes hovering or floating is more descriptive. And that's part of the rationale for using the term UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Also, I noticed some say UAP stands for Unidentified Anomalous phenomena, since some of these travel underwater and even through the ground. I think I'm just going to stick with UFO. I will, too. It's simpler, (laughs) and I probably won't be testifying before Congress anytime soon. Hopefully. But the other type of sightings seem to be physical objects. And as uh, Project Blue Book's Dr. Alan Hynek called these nuts and bolts vehicles. Mm. Oh, and there's another thing. We tend to say vehicle, ship, or craft And those terms certainly do carry the idea that the ETH is true and that there are actually passengers or pilots on board. But we really don't know. And we don't know the source or the purpose. They do come in all shapes and sizes, though. Mm -hmm. And some are true flying saucers, as in the typical sci-fi movie. Yeah, that's a very common nuts and bolts craft. Mm -hmm. But there are many others. The Nimitz group, you know, encountered a tic-tac-shaped object. It was cylindrical with rounded ends and just totally white all over. And we also have spherical objects and a lot of triangular Mm -hmm. or boomerang shaped. Yeah. Descriptions of the surface vary too. Metallic is typical, uh, often with seams and rivets, they say, uh, usually silverish or gray looking in color. And the tic-tac object was smooth, featureless, and white. Mm -hmm. What do you make of all of this diversity? Well, if we do assume these are piloted by ETs, it would kind of seem like there's a lot of different types of ETs, wouldn't it? (laughs) Earth must be a popular travel destination for extraterrestrials. With the variety of forms and experiences we have, there's a wide range of beliefs associated with UFOs, too. Yes, and you categorize those in your book. 
Uh-huh. When you lay it all out, I think there are only four possibilities. The first one is that all the sightings we have are simply hoaxes or some kind of misidentification. And that's still on the table. Um, I think, though, it's becoming very unlikely. Too many of these are just unexplained events. Right. And to be cliche, again, they're seeing something. Yeah, they are. Here's the top 10 list that are the misidentifications that people report. And these are these are the ones that are turned into either MUFON or government agencies, and they, they can solve it. So number one, aircraft, and we mean Earth aircraft, or some kind of drone flying over. And that does kind of complicate it, doesn't it? We haven't had drones until the last 10 or 15 years. But now, if someone sees something flying over, it very well could be a neighbor's mm-hmm. kid with a drone. Yeah. And the second one is just meteors coming through. A lot of people see huge meteors, and especially if one is coming straight at you, it doesn't appear to be moving sideways as much, and it would appear to be more of a glowing orb. Hmm. So third, man-made satellites that are decaying in orbit. I think we have upwards of like 4,000 or so satellites out there, and when they... When they lose their usefulness, they just let them decay in orbit and kind of flash up in a big burning blast that we would see probably as a lot. Surprisingly, number four is the planet Venus in full phase. And I actually experienced this when I was a kid. I thought I was seeing a UFO and I watched it for a long time. And yeah, we didn't have Internet back then, but somebody (laughs) told me the next day, no, it was just Venus. And it could be very bright. Balloons are also something people see, whether it's a weather balloon or just a party balloon. Also, Chinese lanterns have been reported that way. You know, the hot air things with candles all in it. Yeah. Uh, Another popular misidentification are just camera distortions. A Hmm. lot of people are taking a picture of something in in the night sky, maybe, and and they see a flaring object. And as it turns out, you know, when, when a reflection hits your camera, it makes some sort of fuzzy image on it. And surprisingly, that's pretty common as a UFO. Flocks of birds, swarms of insects. Yeah. Uh, these have been reported also when maybe a spotlight or something hits it and it looks like okay. a, something in the air. Also, number eight, lenticular clouds, where you see a cloud that looks exactly like a flying saucer. It's real smooth and usually rounded over, but these are just caused by upper winds forming clouds. Uh, we also have mirages and temperature inversions. So mm. if you've ever ridden on a highway and you see ahead of you the little dancing lights or whatever, yeah. that, that could happen. And some people say it happens at nighttime, and it's actually just a faraway reflection of a city or a car mm. or something. And then finally, uh, flares, the Air Force dropping flares. But anyway, that's yeah. that's what people are seeing, mostly when they're misidentifying things. And that turns out to be over half of what's literally turned in. But once wow. again, half in this case is still going to be thousands and thousands of sightings yeah. just in the U.S. Yeah. The second possibility we have is that these things we're seeing are actually government or military or industrial type things that people actually are flying around. It's some new technology that we don't know about yet. We know that military tech is usually about 10 years ahead of what the public knows about. When we first had the stealth bomber, for example, people started seeing that triangular shaped black thing flying over for several years. And finally the military comes clean and says, yeah, we've been working on this and it's, we call it the stealth. Yeah, but there is a little bit of a hiccup here because we've seen the same types of phenomena for 70 years, possibly longer. And that's hard for a large group of people to keep a secret 
Yeah, and that comes up a lot. You know, the technology we see is really highly advanced. And if someone had it, you would think that they would already be ruling the world with what we're seeing today. I mean, we've got things that go faster than than what sound travels and faster than anything we know about. Uh And our military seems concerned about it. So I don't know. Do you think one agency may be tricking or deceiving another agency? It sounds like a good movie plot. (laughs) It it is. Okay. The third possibility is that these are actual exotic physical beings or extraterrestrials or interdimensionals or time travelers, uh, beings that live inside the earth or under the oceans. That's what a a lot of people are saying now. That's a big blanket of grouping there. Yeah. But that would be interesting. I mean, and and it would assume, you know, that these actually could be extraterrestrials from somewhere. The problem with ETs, though, uh, real extraterrestrials, the universe is huge. Star Mm -hmm. systems are really far apart. Physicists say the likelihood that someone could travel that huge distance without, you know, going into warp drive, which we don't even know exists, by the way. That's just the excuse Star Trek used for it. But you can't just go somewhere in the universe and get there within a lifetime. And that's going to be a problem for us as well as any possible ETs that are out there. So Mm -hmm. another thing is, what if they're interdimensional? And the problem there is, as we've discussed before, we don't even have proof that other dimensions exist. But at least that's, you know, it it gives people the something to lean on since they know that it can't be an ET. Because of the time for travel. Yeah. But what about that thing? What if these are civilizations that actually are around us right now? And they are they living in caves underground or under the ocean even? Or what if they're just walking around among us and they they actually look like us? I think that's been on several movies, too. Um, Do you think that the kind of um, urban legends or folklore of like Atlantis and stuff lends to this idea of the under the ocean civilizations? Yeah, it certainly gives a lot of things for people to think about, doesn't it? Yeah. And the time travel is pretty much science fiction, right? Yeah. Most people would consider that something that's not possible if you look at the physics behind it, even though that's just historically part of our literature and science fiction to be able to go through time and do different things. It's interesting. So where does that leave us? Well, the fourth possibility, and this is one we will spend a whole lot more time talking about, is that these are supernatural beings. Hmm. So paranormal worldview would say they're just ghosts, right? So if we're going to go with what we've said earlier about the Ephesians hypothesis and other assorted entities, you know, that sounds like something that would be more of a biblical worldview and that the rest of the world, secular world, wouldn't engage in. But Jacques Vallée and J. Allen Hynek both believed that something supernatural could exist. And they actually brought up that idea that what they were seeing and that obviously they didn't uh, think it was biblical type angels or demons, or, but they did use words like supernatural and spiritual and things like that. So, uh I don't know where where would that take you if they're not ETs physically, are they ETs that are spiritual in some way? And so he, they went from like nuts and bolts ETs to supernatural ETs. Yeah. Because both of those gentlemen believe that nuts and bolts craft probably couldn't travel the distances. And, you know, like we discussed earlier. 
And to be clear, both of these guys did not have a biblical supernatural view by any means. So no, they, but the same data that led them to this conclusion in many ways supports some biblical views, doesn't it? And that's what we'll spend lots of time on in future episodes. Wow, we cover a lot of ground. I hope that this episode has stimulated a lot of questions in the minds of listeners. As the name implies, the ABCs of UFOs, our purpose was to discuss the present state of this complex yet important phenomena. And once again, we'll revisit this topic many times. This episode is a base for future discussions of UFOs. In upcoming episodes, we'll look at the history of the modern UFO phenomena and some of the specific incidents that still seem difficult to explain. And most importantly, if extraterrestrials should make themselves known, another big if, how will that fit into the biblical worldview? And what would the Ephesians hypothesis predict about UFOs and ETs? If you don't want to wait for our next episode on UFOs, you can get Dr. McWilliams' book, God in the Paranormal. He has a very good research-based section um, kind of going further into this topic. We're so glad that you joined us today. If you would like to comment or ask questions, please send us an email at godintheparanormal at gmail.com. Or if you want to share an experience or have suggestions for future episodes. And you can also get more information at our website, thinkingaboutthebible.com. If you found this podcast useful or interesting, please share it with others. You can find us on most major podcast platforms. We've now added all of our podcasts to Rumble, which is like YouTube and has a video component for each episode. Thank you so much for listening and goodbye for now.